Now that's to show you the American culture. The American culture is okay with that, but we're not. Amen? Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 9 because i got to get to the harvest here and get these altars filled again. Go to chapter 9 of Matthew. We're going to go through these two miracle stories, and then we're going to go to where i got to get today. So we've already been through this, sir. Go to where we left off, please, with the woman with the issue of blood. I'm glad that you're here this morning, but I've got to preach to you about what we do after Easter because we've got work to put in. The woman with the issue of blood, sir, you're past it. you got to go back up. There you go. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died. So there was a man's daughter that died. He came to Jesus and said, I need help. Come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up, went to him, and so did the disciples. So they're going to get up and move. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I can only touch the clo- his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Now stop right there for a second. This is why, everybody give me your attention, please. This is why so many of you can't be workers in the harvest because you're still bleeding. The reason why this church will have empty seats the day of the week after Easter and not on Easter is because all the bleeding folk want to get another touch from Jesus instead of getting healed, made whole, and come to work for Jesus. Did you hear what I said? I want you to get out a piece of paper because I don't think some of you did. Or a phone. Just a way to check off a survey we're going to do right now. We're going to do a survey. Everybody, phone, piece of paper in your hand. Now, have you ever seen those kind of uh, plans when you go to a cell phone store when they say plan A has this and there's like a grid and then plan B has this and you get to compare where the check marks are at? Do you know what I'm talking about, Renee? Or if you're looking at cable, what channels you get and and it's a grid. Go and just put up that grid for them, please, because I want you to get this in your mind. I want you to make a grid right here. I want you to put on one side Metro Praise International. MPI, and then put on the other side, every other church, E, every, O, C, MPI, E, O, C. Now, I'm not going to try to say we're the only ones, but we're going to take a survey right now. Y'all ready? Because are you bleeding or are you leading? Now, ask you a question. As he gets this grid up here, I will just put it up there for him, please, because I want them to be able to see it so you can get that visual because I want to know what you're doing here because I know why I come the week after Easter. I know why I come to put it where it's not there. You've got to Google search it. You've got to Google search it. Do you need my help today, sir, with the laptop? Go grab my laptop out my office. Chris Pittman, quickly. Go grab my laptop. You might need my help. You might need my help. Thank you. I'm going to wait on him because I want everybody to get this today. Adolfo, I want you to get this. Rojas family, I want you to get this. The reason why people don't get it, one, is because they want to go to churches where they can keep bleeding and being that, whoosh, that, that woman with the issue of blood instead of be leading. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm going to go to the control factor. Everybody go, uh, say the pilot's in town. <laughs> I'm going to take over control. Give me the controls, co-pilot. I want to show you this today. Because if you're not leading, it's just because you're bleeding. You're bleeding out. You got so many issues you can't fix nobody else's issues. That's why we got problems in the church. That's why people want to keep coming just for Christmas and Easter. I want everybody to talk to your neighbor right now and say, Are you bleeding or are you leading? Somebody might say, I'm doing both. Come on. Talk to your neighbor while I come and get the controls of the the thing right here.
I want everybody to see this grid up here because I want you to be honest with yourself. Because I, I talked to a pastor, I was listening to a pastor the other day. You know what he said? He said, I wish, he said he had a fantasy. You know what his fantasy was? He said, twice a year I wish I could come up and do an altar call for everybody who wants to roll out and we'll bless them right then and there. I said, brother, I'm living your fantasy. I get to send them out every week. I get to watch them walk right out the door. Are you listening? I get to live your fantasy. Let's say compare. What do we want to do? Let's, let's compare cable plans. You all want to see this? Let's compare cable plans. I want to show you this grid so you guys can take a look at it. So when we were talking about making a grid and I was describing it, were you guys kind of thinking something like this? This kind of thing right here, right? Okay. So I want right here on one side of your notes, I want it to say MPI, Metro Praise International. On the other one, we're going to summarize every single one of them. Every other church, EOC. Y'all ready? Number one, how many of their pastors preach on the streets? How many of you know? I'm not saying I'm the only one. Just put a mark there if you know of other pastors who aren't sissies behind pulpits just dressing up on Sunday, but actually go on corners and say, I'll prove it to you right now. You think I know who I'm going to run into when I preach on the street? Last time we were there, we met a defense attorney. Is this thing on? He went full blast towards the gospel. What happened to him in 30 seconds? Shut down. We honor our Lord in public. I come out there and I pray and I say, Lord, may I not dishonor you out here. May you give me the words to speak so that the, the mouths of the enemy will be closed and the word of God will be exalted in this city. And when you see those posts come up, do not boast in me. Do not share it because of me. When you share that, you share it to show that the word of God silences the accusations of the enemy. Number two, y'all know they write books, right? Churches got books and conferences. How many of you know they wrote it on discipleship? How many of these churches published their own discipleship books? To teach you to be a laborer. But what do they keep writing about? Oh, you bleeding. You're a woman with the issue of blood. Get your breakthrough. You see, I got to get you to the end of this story. But some of you all want to live right here at this story. Right here. If I could just touch Jesus. I'm bleeding, Pastor. That may be right. But one touch changed her life. Come get your touch today. Juan, would you stand up here for me, please, with your beautiful wife? Let me tell you how you do. Would you stand and face them like we do altar time? Would you do that, please? Here's what you do, bleeding woman. Here's what you do, busted and disgusted person. You come up to them and say, would you lay your hand on me? Would you pray for my wife? Would you pray that the junk gets out? That we live right. Let's give it up for the Riascos. God bless you. Number two. How many of you know sit-down people quicker than you can say sit-down because they're not living right or don't have integrity? You will constantly see a musical chair of leaders in this church because we will honor integrity here. We will honor trustworthiness here. The Bible says, let there not be many among you to consider themselves teachers. Oh, but they just bleed and pastor. They just bleed and they can still be leading and bleed all over the stage. Bleed all over into your life? Let me just ask you a question right now. Would you follow somebody into battle that doesn't know how to fight? You should ask yourself, every single person I'm following right now, whether it's a life group leader in this church, a discipler, you should ask yourself one simple question, and this is it. Do I, and I want everybody, please put this on Facebook. Is the person's life I'm following, the two years in their past, do I want that to be the two years of my future? Do I want the last two years of their life to be the next two years of my life? 
If you can't look at me, sir, and say, man, I want, the, I want my next two years to be like Joe's last two years. Look at my marriage. Look at my children. Look at my finances. Look at my integrity. If you can't say, I want my life to be like Ricky's was two years ago, anybody can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Oh, but we all bleed in, Pastor. We all bleed. Nobody perfect. Nobody's marriage perfect. Nobody's ministry is perfect. I'll put right up here the Assembly of God of Minnesota. I'll put, the, I'll put their district council meeting right here, and they will tell you that is exactly what they all teach each other. Pastor, it's okay if you messed up. Everybody's messed up. I'm messed up. And you wonder why they're powerless. I'm not supposed to lead out of my brokenness. I'm supposed to lead out of a spiritual healing and renewal. Can I be, because some people are like, Pastor, you're not real with me. Oh, can I be real with you? Can I be real with you? My wife and I, we fought on the way here, and my kids are all out of order. Hey, but you know what? That's real. Now, let me tell you what's real. My wife and I haven't gone to bed angry in 14 years. My kids follow God. I haven't looked at pornography since 96. I got a testimony with my spiritual father for over 20 years. Talked to him on the phone this week. You want to talk about being real. Being real is just not talking about I'm bleeding all the time. Let's just talk about how real it is. You bleed and I'm bleeding too. Well, don't bring up my bleeding. won't bring up your bleeding. But that's a bloody mess. Let's, go, let's, 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 let's just keep it real. Right here. MPI, every other church. How, how many, how many, uh, and how many churches promising you one-on-one -on -one discipleship right now? I ain't talking about being in their place. I'm not talking about showing up to their conference and paying 50 more dollars. I'm asking you to put a check mark on a church in this city that says we will disciple you and your family one-on-one. -on -one. Now, am I trying to be a martyr up here? Absolutely not. But I'm trying to tell you, I got work to do after Easter. I am tired of living right here. I'm tired of living right here bleeding. I want to be leading. Yeah, there's a place for bleeders to come. There's a place for you at the church if you're hurt. But are you butt hurt or are you church hurt? Because if your butt hurts because you got spanked and you needed it, if your church hurt, we'll figure it out. I don't make excuses for church hurt, but I'll help you get over your butt hurt. Do you know the difference? You know, because some, because you know, people talk about church hurt. You could have parent hurt too. Your kids could tell me they got parent hurt because you know they say my parents aren't good parents. But then if I say what's going on, they say, well, I, I didn't clean my room and I didn't do this and I got spanked and now I got parent hurt. No, 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 you don't got parent hurt, you got butt hurt because they had to spank you. You say, Pastor, why are you comparing yourself to every other church? Because now I want to ask you a question. If this, is, if, if, if this right here, everybody look up at me, please. If, if it's obvious to you, I'm just being honest with you, obvious to you, your pastor going to put you on the streets if he's on the streets. It is obvious that we, we're going to do discipleship because we wrote on discipleship. It's obvious that we're going to mentor you and all that. Wouldn't that mean we're a specialized church now? If, if we one of the only ones you know doing all that, wouldn't that just mean we're specialized? We talked about this the other day, right? So why in the world would we want to change that to be like everybody else? Do you get what I'm saying? If we're specialized, why would I want to change being special? You know who Cindy Crawford is? What's the first thing when you think about Cindy Crawford's face? What do you think about? That little mole right there, right? Because it's different. It sticks out. Why would we want to change from being leaders to bleeders? And this is a question I want to ask you. If God brought you to this church, why would he now want you to be a bleeder instead of a leader? Why would he bring you here for that? Why? When it's a part of our testimony, we continually hear. I, I have never even heard. I had never even heard today Mildred's testimony the way I just heard it. And then at the end of Mildred's testimony, what did she shout out at the end? And I'm now called to ministry. <laughs> 
Do you think that's a coincidence? Nobody tried to recruit you. Am I telling the truth? Did anybody hand you a brochure and say, oh, SUM is running low on attendance or something, even though we're doing awesome. But I'm saying, do we come and try to beg you and say, oh, you got to do ministry. Why is in this church you see people coming into ministry popping like popcorn? Because God brings them for a purpose. God brings them for a purpose. So the question I want to ask you, are you leading or are you bleeding? Because this woman was bleeding. Now, let me ask you a question. If you are here today and you're bleeding, what are you supposed to do? Do you have to find Jesus and reach out to him? No, Jesus is already here. Call out on his name. If you need somebody to pray with you, pray with the Rioscos. Can I hear an amen? Because at that moment, that woman was healed from her issues. When Jesus entered the synagogue's house, or the synagogue leader's house, he saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. He said, go away. The girl's not dead but asleep, but they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside, he went and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread all over the region. So you notice the, 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 the person here is dead. The girl is dead. Everybody having their songs of dead and pity patty, but Jesus comes in and ruins the pity patty party. Can I tell you something right here? I'm not having a funeral over your dead marriage. I believe your marriage can still come alive. I'm not having a, a funeral over your addiction saying, well, that's just how you're going to be the rest of your life. No, I'm coming to say it can be alive and changed in Jesus' name. I'm not having a funeral over your mistakes and saying, well, that's just the way everybody else is in life. We've all got our problems. No, I'm coming to wreck your pity patty party in the name of Jesus. And you should wreck people's pity patty party. Well, it's over. It's done. This part of my life is over. I can't see this resurrected in Jesus' name. No, 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 no. If Jesus could physically resurrect a dead person, can he not resurrect our hopes? Can he not resurrect our dreams? But once again, people want to remain dead. People want to make excuses for their death. See, instead of, once again, the preacher telling you you're supposed to be like Jesus, that some churches want to keep you as the bleeding woman. Now they want to talk to you like you're the dead person. And then now we move on to the blind people. So let me ask you today, are you bleeding dead and blind? Or are you healed, alive, and can see in Jesus Christ? Because look at this, as Jesus went out from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked him, do you believe that I'm able to do this? You notice they had to put some faith in this. Yes, Lord, they replied. When he touched their eyes, and he said, according to your faith, let it be done. There are miracles waiting on your faith. There are miracles waiting on your faith. So today you may say, man, maybe, Pastor, I am blind. Maybe I haven't been living right. Maybe I am like this person here. But I'm asking you, do you have faith in the Jesus that makes blinded eyes see? Because I'm not blind anymore. I can represent my Jesus in this place and pray for your eyes to see. According to your faith, let it be done. Not according to your wish. Not according to what your neighbors say. We've learned that other neighbors, our neighbors and other passages can intercede for us. Here, these blind men had to determine in their own heart to have faith. And their sight was restored. Then Jesus told them, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news everywhere about him over that region. So they broke Jesus' secret command there. Jesus wanted to stay on the down low because he wasn't there to start a revolution, Jesus was there to die on the cross. That was his point of keeping it a secret. Now watch this right there. When they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. When the demon was driven out, the man uh, who had been mute spoke. Somebody say, Jesus is awesome. Amen. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been done in Israel. But the Pharisees said, by the prince of demons, he drives out demons. Here we see that a demon could affect his speech as I've taught you guys before, I don't believe every sick person has a demon, but here we see a demon causing a sickness. That means if you would have looked at this person in a microscope or checked out, you know, an MRI, what was going on in his throat, you would not have seen a problem. That's how we know it was demonic. If we can physically see the issue, we know it's not spiritual. That's just the common sense. The Bible says here he couldn't speak, and probably he had issues in his life, like issues that caused him to lose his voice because of the bondage that he was in. And once again, you know what? The enemy, listen to me, will keep you like that. The enemy will take away your voice. 
You see, I can go through every one of these passages and show you how you can be busted and disgusted in Christianity. But there's a purpose I'm trying to get here to today, that the workers are few. So it's time to stop bleeding and stop leading and start leading. It's time to stop being dead and come alive in Jesus Christ. It's time to stop being blind and start seeing what God is doing. And it's time to stop having your voice taken by a demon of fear and insecurity and start speaking the words of God. Can I get an amen to that? Because I want to go through a few more of these. How many require you to go to a life group and at that life group do evangelism before that life group? You see, I could have a a life group that was just simply activity-based, and we used to have those, but we started noticing that the activity-based life groups weren't putting in work to do the ministry like the other discipleship-based life groups were. So we said, we're going to require everybody to go to a discipleship-based life group, and if you want to do the other one, that's fine, because you can always hang out and have fun, but we're going to make sure everybody's going to do this. Now, let me ask you a question. Everything you put towards Metro Praise Is that a command of the Bible, or is that just what we do? Should I be on the streets, or is that just something, you know, should every pastor be on the streets, or is that just something I do? Well, you know, pastor, you go and do that. Is that what the Bible says? No, the Bible says in the book of Timothy, Paul talking to that pastor, do the work of an evangelist. Pastors are called to do the work of an evangelist. Pastors must be in public with the word of God. We should be seen in the public places preaching the word of God. Keeping leaders at a standard of integrity. Is that just something Metro Praise does because they're crazy? Or is that what the Bible says? Does the Bible say that elders and deacons should be above reproach? How about this? Does evangelism count for you just because you witness to your neighbor at your job? Or are you supposed to be on the streets doing evangelism as well, a part of a life group? Are you supposed to be discipled or are you just discipled here on a random Sunday, on a random way on Sundays by, my, by me or a preacher just preaching at you? Are you not supposed to have somebody in your life? Can I hear an amen to that? Now let me ask you a question then because this will bring me to tears right now. This will bring me to tears right now. Why is it that over of the church is not leading, but they're bleeding. They're not winning souls. They're just trying to keep their soul. Why is it we have lost the power and authority? And all we do is look towards Easter services to make us feel good about ourselves. I want to give you right here the stats. I have them for you so you can look at them. I want to make sure everybody sees. Look at your neighbor. So are you, are you leading or are you bleeding? Be honest. Come on, talk to each other. Be accountable with each other. I want to make sure everybody gets this today. You guys are too quiet, man. Why aren't you guys talking to each other, man? I, I think you guys should ask each other some questions right now, man. Ask them, when's the last time you preached? Ask them who they preached to. When's the last time they were in public? Come on, why are you all getting quiet? You all should ask each other questions right now, man. When was the last time you preached to somebody? When was the last time you won somebody to the Lord? When was the last time you prayed for somebody and they got healed? When was the last time you did the work of the ministry? I get fired up on days like this. I want to make sure you don't think I'm making this up. Top five reasons why Christians don't street witness. 95% of all Christians have never won someone to the Lord. 
You know why they can't win somebody to the Lord? Because they're bleeding, because they have a demon holding back their voice, because their dreams are dead, because they have been possessed by an evil spirit, because they themselves are too oppressed and blind to see what God is doing. Are you a part of a special church, yes or no? Yeah, I'm just asking you, are you a part of a special church, yes or no? So then what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to flip the script on all these stats right here. 80% of Christians never share their faith. Only 2% of all Christians are active in evangelism ministries at their church. I want you to be very honest with me. Doing a survey like this, and I'm going to be rushing to my office to have it ready for second service because that's the one that gets recorded, that I can have this up for you to see it. I want to ask you a question. If you are sitting in this chair right now, then what am I supposed to expect of you? I'm expecting you to follow what God gave us to do. Because these last words right here of Jesus in this chapter... Or why I am here right now. <clears throat> and why I don't live for crowds. And why it's not about Easter to me. And why everybody here, if you can't be up at these altars, when I close this service out, this is your last service here. God bless you. And Samuel, Chad, I'm living out your fantasy. Because he wished he could say that as a pastor. Because here's my deal. When I close out this service... And I say, everybody who wants to be in the harvest field of the Lord, come up here. If you do not want to be up here in the harvest field, that door is yours. Goodbye. Because I will not waste time with those who do not see this as the highest privilege in the kingdom of God. We are a specialized church. We are a church that is built upon principles. You could almost call this entire church a Bible college if you want to. A Paul, that's fine. You could say, man, my pastor's crazy. Man, why does he continually give us ultimatums? Because I can't help but do what Jesus did. I can't help but preach like the way my Lord and Savior preached. Because when you look to the scriptures of my Lord and Savior, can you bring up the mouse up here or the trackpad? When you look to the, to the scriptures of my Lord and Savior, you'll understand why I feel the way I do with empty seats. Thank you after Easter. Not because necessarily I'm mad at them, but because I want everybody to understand how we roll. Can you get the Bible up for me, sir? Because we will only roll one way. And that is the way of discipleship. Souls saved, disciples made. And I love taking opportunities after big days to bring us back to what we are here to do. Give me a thumbs up or just put it up, please, when you get it there. Because I want to take the next 15 minutes to preach this to you. And then I want the next 15 minutes on our faces before God saying, Lord, use me to be a disciple in your church. If you're bleeding, get up here and get healed. If you've got issues, you're blind, get up here and get healed. Because I'm tired. I'm tired as a pastor of trying to convince a city who doesn't want it. But I'm never tired of being here with you. You refresh me to go back out into a city that doesn't want it. And let me just tell you a little bit right here. I got to have that Bible up as soon as you can, sir, because I want to put up some other things for you guys to see. Not that Bible. I need the actual Bible, sir. Thank you. Take your time. Get it up there. While he's getting that up there, I'm going to show you some things I see on the streets. We got people hand clapping after I preach on the streets. You know why? Because they see pastors doing what they wish their pastor would do. These people ain't never seen anything like this. I've had two Christians interrupt me while I'm speaking on the streets, go directly to the people I'm speaking to and go, you need to listen to this person, blah, 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 and they start preaching at them. And they, get, they look at me and they go, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help it. I go, no, you're fine, man. People want to be activated. People want to be activated for the gospel. People are waiting. Last time we were out there, there was a little disgruntledness with the unbeliever. No, with Christians. 
other lukewarm Christians coming around going, why is this person doing this and this person doing this? Almost like they wanted to guard the sinner from us going, hey, no, 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 stop, pastor, stop. Don't, don't give them all that. They ain't ready for that. And yet I guarantee I preach to more unbelievers, more lesbian, gay, homosexuals, more Muslims. I guarantee you I preach to, by God's grace more when I'm out there on Monday than all their pastors combined on Sunday. Maybe even in their lifetime. When we stand out in the high schools and we start preaching, we have the largest youth group in the city. Hands down. Why? Because we go directly where they're at. We go directly where they're at. We show them the gospel. Teenagers, young adults. So I want this season to be a season of gospel preaching. I want this to be a season of where we can understand the truth of the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Because if that should mean anything anywhere, that should mean something in this church. Can I hear an amen? I want to show this to you quickly. Does anybody remember what scripture I was going to in the Bible? Did I tell you all yet? Because whatever scripture I had in my mind, I lost that first one. May God give it back to me. But I want you now to see this. I want you to see what I saw on the streets. Where's the, the internet? There we go. I'm going to log into Facebook. You know what? I'm going to log into our YouTube channel, JC Soldier, because I believe I have it up there. I want you guys to You can find it on Facebook. Let's put JC Soldier here. Maybe it's plural, JC Soldiers. How many regret some of the names you have for your Twitter handles and YouTube handles? <laughs> I got stuck with one. That everybody blew up on here. Let me put let me put Metro Praise International. Get to our channel here. Here we go. So it's under my name, but the actual thing is called JC Soldiers. Got a thousand subscribers. You know, it's nothing compared to what some people have. But we using what we got. Come on, somebody say amen. We using what we got. Oh, man, of course I didn't put up that one. Oh, no, I got it in the middle of this one. No, but I don't end it with that one. I'm going to go to my Facebook. Give me just a moment. Talk to your neighbors again. Ask them what you're getting out of this. Come on. Please, don't make this weirder than it has to be because I'm going to make sure we all get this before we roll out. Going to make sure everybody get to see it. There we go. Thank you for making this enjoyable for those who have to wait for me to do this. Somebody say the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Do you think the harvest is great, but the laborers are few because pastors are afraid to do what I'm doing right now? Could that be part of it? That they're afraid to take a moment out of their time to work everything out so they can put the gospel before their plays. There's, I watch one of my friends preaching right now. He's got the movie from The Greatest Showman as a backdrop. To hell with that. To hell with that. I don't need the greatest showman to be an example or a launching pad for me to preach to you today. All I need is the word of God and a godly example, and we'll see more young people fill the streets of their high schools. Amen. You want people to be movie watchers, keep talking about movies the whole time. Build a whole sermon around a movie. Now, do I use them occasionally? Yeah, but to build a whole sermon is redonkulous. I'm going to show you this right here. I'm going to show you a few things. Y'all ready for this? Somebody say, the harvest is great. That's your harvest. That's your harvest. 
It's not just my harvest. How many of you, how many of you have lived in Chicago 15 years or more? Raise your hands. You've lived in Chicago 15 years or more. Y'all lived here longer than me. This is your harvest. This is your harvest. This is your harvest. Now, what people want to try to tell me is this gospel preaching doesn't work. And that people won't come and hear the preacher. Preach, somebody hearing the preacher, 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 somebody hearing the preacher. People want to say this doesn't work. That we are not to be public evangelists for God and His glory. Like they want to keep us from the world. Nobody made this lawyer stop. Nobody bribed him. And I know some of you have tried to give us ideas to get them to stop more. No, I'm not bribing them. I'm not giving them a piece of candy. I even was doing that. He'll tell you, give them a piece of candy if you stop. I was about to start giving them gift cards. <laughs> not giving them gift cards. You stop because you want to stop. You listen because you want to listen. Because this is worth your soul. This is your harvest, folks. This is as much as it is my harvest. Look at this woman raising her hands. I guarantee you there ain't too many preachers in the city of Chicago that have had a sister raise a hand at the Logan Square Blue Train Stop, whatever you call this thing, and say hallelujah. My Jesus, my Jesus is worth it. We've got work to do. We've got work to do. I say this out of love and respect. If you want to read another book about bleeding, go to that pastor's church. You want, to, you want to be told a sermon over and over and over again with five illustrations on stage? Go to that church. You want to join life groups where they're more like social clubs? Go to those kind of churches because this is what I am here to equip you to do. If you don't want to do this, you don't want to do what God called us to do. Let's keep going through this. Look at, oh, y'all didn't even see that. You see this? Watch this man in the back right here. He's got his jacket right there. He starts to clap him. I want you to understand this real quick. Now he pulls out his phone. He's going to start recording it. Let me get to where he get to clapping. Let me get to where he got the clapping out there. Look, I'm taking a vacation this week. If you say, Pastor, you're making this all about you. Listen to me. Everybody look up at me, please. I'll make a covenant with you right now. I'm going to get him clapping in Jesus' name. Maybe it's after this. Just tell me when he starts clapping. Somebody nod to me. I want to make sure I get it. If you all think I'm making this about me right now, Please let me know, because I'm starting a vacation this Monday. I will not come back until you all do it without me. Do you understand? I'll take two weeks off. I'll let you preach next week. Jared preached the week after next. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? If you think Joe's doing this because he wants you to see how awesome he is, I will not come back from vacation until y'all tell me it's over and y'all figured it out and this is what we all doing. Amen? You say, Pastor, is it a bad day? It's an awesome day. We got more disciples than we ever did. Because I told you before, I'm crazy like this. I, I don't just want 80%. I want 100%. I want as if I could shut down the mic right now and go out there preaching. Nobody would even complain because you go, let's get it on. Are you listening? Has that guy gone to clapping yet? I skipped it. It must have been before all that. No, it, it wasn't after. No, he went to clapping. I want to get to where he's clapping. He does a lot of different things. He's now videotaping this man because I got to make an example of this brother clapping. Is it right here? What the hand doing right there? We're watching those hands, sir. We want, no, it must be all, it's right around the same place she says amen. Okay, why right here? Come on, Jesus. Jesus. 
Where in the world? You all stop me when she says amen, because I think that's she went to, he went to clapping too. There we go. Yeah, he raised his hands. There we go, clapping. Woo! Jesus! Come on. Anybody can get clapping in a church. You know why that brother's clapping? Because he just saw a defense attorney, atheist, get his worldview rocked in front of the city. Send your best, we'll meet you on the streets. We'll show you where your worldview goes. We'll show you what it's like when the lions of Zion roar and the city hears their voice. He says the righteous are as bold as lions. Now we love this man. We invite him to our church kind and gentle to him. The gospel keeps going. Now look at this guy right here, alcoholic at the end. We prayed for him at the end. Alcoholic, his whole backpack is full of beer. He said he just stole it from a keg at a bar. Watch what God does in his heart as this man gets the gospel because I start preaching the gospel by God's grace at the end. Look at that. The alcoholic goes, glory be to Glory be to God. Now, I'm going to be very clear with you. I'm going to make sure I get sassy like this at the second surface. This is one of our longest standing elders in the church. I want you all to pray after I get done with today. And you tell me how long I stay on vacation. You tell me how long. Because when I come back, I want a church of radicals for this spring and summer. No ifs, ands, or buts. No more second and third conversations about it. I just want it. Every Sunday we come early, you all go evangelizing. People who come to second service go evangelizing after the service. The gospel truck, I want the gospel truck on Saturday to have at least 30 people out there. If y'all don't do it, I want you and I want you two to talk together. I'm going to pick out two other people in the first service, uh, in the second service. If y'all don't got it down, just tell me to stay because I don't want them to think I'm going to beat them up every week. You get what I'm saying, Juan? Because they're going to say, well, pastor made him do it. Pastor made Carol do it. Pastor made so-and-so do it. I'll stay. I'll stay on vacation because most of my friends take 30-day sabbaticals about once or twice a year anyways. So I'll take a sabbatical. And you all decide what you want to do this spring and summer. Because all I want to see is this verse come to pass. Are you all ready for it? Are you all ready for it? This is the verse that will make me cry in front of you right now, like a little baby. Because I've already seen the harvest. I've already seen what happens when souls depart bodies. I've already had a taste of what it's like to bury people. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the, God, the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. He's a miracle-working Jesus. Look at this. Come on, Adolfo. Come on, everybody. Listen to me because we're about ready to end with an altar call. When he saw the crowds. You guys ever heard that saying? It's out of one of those Chinese things where it says in the moment of defeat, I really become to love my enemy. Has anybody heard something like that? Find that quote for me, please, Vinny. I want to share that with everybody. In the moment of their defeat, I love my enemy. When I see what happens when the gospel comes, and I see them strut up there, like they think they're just going to talk to some street preacher that doesn't know anything. Oh, yeah, this thing on, let me tell you this. You know, and of course, I got to be Southern in my mind because that's how I always do my dumb person. Forgive me, Southern folks. But I can't do a good Chicago accent, you know. So it's like, oh, is this thing on? Let me tell you, son, preacher. Let me tell you, you know. Let me just tell you. And within moments, I see them contradicting themselves. I see them denying their own existence to get away from acknowledging a moral grounding. And I begin to have compassion on them. I begin to see alcoholics get drawn to the preacher. 
got close. Because he heard the words of hope, man. Heard the words of life. I think about these young college age know-it-alls. You know, we still love them, but they're cocky and prideful. When's my turn? When's my turn? He came up and got rocked too, but it was polite, obviously. But I think about him like I do you, Calvin. I think about this young lady like I do Yolise, who was just sitting back there, and, and she was hearing it, and you can watch it on the live feed. She's hearing it, and then all of a sudden she goes, I got a question. And she came up much different than that lawyer did. Lawyer came up, came up, came up real hard like he was trying to prove something. After he got sat down, she came up. I just got a question. Help me understand. How does science disagree with Bible? But I know, you know, you say science affirms the Bible. How does that work? My heart goes out for them. Because the church is too busy helping people stay bleeding. Too busy, good at funeral songs. Getting perfect at casting demons out of each other. Instead of getting out there and doing the work. Who will join me with the Lord Jesus Christ and make the gospel great again in this city? Who will look at the crowd and have compassion on them because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? You got that quote for me? Can you run it up here? or Just, yeah, hand it to me. Thank you, sir. In the moment where I truly understand my enemy, understand him well enough to defeat him, then in that very moment I also love him. They start off cursing at us. Thank you. When we bring out the gospel truck to the, to the west side, Madison, Pulaski, they start out cursing us oftentimes. And then as we come back, they, they start defending us because they know that we're helping people who are helpless. And they don't always look like the homeless person. They don't always look like this guy right here. Sometimes they look like the guy who's a lawyer. Sometimes they look like the college students. Sometimes they look like the bystanders trying to ignore you, but they're really listening. And when we look at these checks, why do you think I'm doing what I'm doing? Don't you think we could do that too? You know, I had to apologize to Rachel because we were doing TBQ, JBQ stuff up here with, with Jared and I, promoting this club for your kids to train and learn the Bible and memorize it. And the moment she said $30... She watched it. I interrupted her. I felt so bad. And I said, you let them know if they can't afford it, we got them. I can't even, listen, to, I can't even charge you for a class fee from another organization without feeling convicted in this church. I'll give away every single book right now. I don't know why it's like Paul said, the more some true pastors try to love you, the more the church world hates them. It's almost like you want me to pimp you. It's like you almost want me to charge you for a worship conference. It's like they almost, and I'm not meaning you guys because we a good church here, but you know what I'm saying. It's almost like they want me to be the next Sammy Rodriguez, the next TD. It's like they're almost begging me. Leave this alone, Pastor Joe. Leave it alone. We will pay you to leave it alone. We'll pay you to keep talking about how bleeding we are. Tell me again, Pastor. I'm the woman with the issue of blood, and I'll pay you $125 a person to come here. That's why I'm asking you to put checks on the board. Because if God told us to do something special, if God told us that this would be the heart of the ministry. How dare we say back to our 
our boss. I'm not going. I see them helpless. I see them harassed like a sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But guys, the workers, they are so few. You guys ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's why we have a church. That's why we're here. Because I pray this prayer. Do you guys understand that? Yes or no? Do you understand that? You get this? So let's say you came to this church, sister, right? You came to this church by an invitation. My prayer is, God, don't let our invitation or a friend invite, you know, because a lot of friends might have invited you other places. My prayer is, Lord, don't let her come to this one if she don't want to do this. Let her go to the other ones with the other checks. Can we do some other checks? Because we, come on, man, we got to give them some credit, right? They doing stuff, right? Right, come on, come on. Put a check next to this. How many churches you know did Easter place? Come on, give them credit. Give them credit. How many churches you know do men's and women's conferences and marriage conferences and men's and women's retreats and marriage retreats? Come on, give them credit. They're doing stuff, right? Come on. Come on. How many of them got midweek services, prayer meetings, all these worship things to do during the week? Come on. My prayer is very simple. Lord, send them there if that's all they're supposed to have. I am not to judge. It is very clear in the Bible. I am not to judge another pastor's work. Unless it goes against the Scripture and it offends the gospel, I'm not supposed to get in their business. I'm not. So that's why you don't hear me calling out good churches. If you hear me calling out a church, you know they are in trouble. I'm not calling, and I can name their names now, but I don't want you to feel like I'm comparing us to them. I'm just saying, I don't call out their names because there's no reason to. They're good churches. They love God. They've got sound doctrine. They're doing whatever they feel they need to do is right. I'm really being honest with you right now. They got their checks. But when you came here, you came here, I was praying that you came for those checks. Y'all get that? So like, when Calvin came with Jose, my prayer was that Calvin is coming to do this. That he's an answer to prayer for this. He's an answer. So if, there, so if in Mildred's heart it was never to do these things for God, then just send her to the next place. Because I don't want anybody here saying Pastor Joe or Pastor so-and-so made her do it. And still to this day, I have to defend against accusations like that. Like, man, oh, Pastor Joe, the reason why you got so many like Mildred and, and all these people wanting to be in ministry is because you guys force them to do it. You make them do it. You know, I have never, have I ever talked to you about Bible college one time? Now, one, I don't talk to people about it like that. I believe in a divine calling of the Holy Spirit that puts the fire in people's bosoms and they can't hold it in but have to let it out. So I just say, God, bring those. Because when I see the harvest, I see it just like Jesus. Harvest great, workers few. Let me just say this out here before we start praying. You all ready to pray? And I always got to do this to honor my family. Everybody's got a family. I'm not trying to show mine off. But I just got to honor what my, my parents have done in their 70s. What is that worth to you? My mom is, what, 76? My dad's 73? What's it worth to you to go out into that harvest field and to say, here I am, Lord. Use me, I'll go. Fill me with your words, and I'll speak them. You don't think I get nervous? You don't think I get nervous when, when the guy comes up? Oh, I lost that fee. But, you know, when that lawyer comes up, man, Jesus, don't fail me now, Lord. Don't let me forget my stuff now, Lord. So many things in my head right now, Jesus. All these questions these people have, Jesus. 
Because I don't expect everybody to do it the same way. Come on. I'm just saying, when I do my thing, you don't think I get nervous? Other Christians pulling out their cameras. Everybody looking at me now. Oh, pastor, what you going to do? They got out their cameras. But I know I'm doing the Lord's work. So I don't look at my ability in that second, in that moment. I hide right behind that old rugged cross. I hide right behind my helper, the Holy Spirit. I put my trust in the harvest, in the, in the Lord of the harvest. And I say, God, would you give me those words? And I look at my father doing the same thing as he goes out into his community and he just simply says, God, give me the ability. You know where he's meeting now, Mr. Swartz, with his little church? At the VA. Because he became a chaplain there. And all these kinds of places he was trying to start his little church in Ocala weren't working out. But the very place he was volunteering the whole time for veterans as a chaplain was the very place they said, Jim, would you like to use this building throughout the week for a Bible study or something? You won't have to pay anything. You can put a Bible study in here. You can invite outsiders to come. You see, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, things are added unto you. I'm not saying that we won't at times have issues in our personal lives. Yes, you may go through this miracle list at times in your life and say, yeah, man, Sometimes I feel like I'm bleeding. Sometimes I feel like people have left me all alone. Other times I feel like I'm dead or my, my relationship is dead or I've actually buried dead people and it hurts. And other times I feel like I'm blind. Sometimes I feel like the devil's taking my voice. But you and I are not supposed to view our Christian, Christian walk through the pain that we suffer in this world. We're supposed to view it through the harvest of this world. So would you stand up with me, please? I know I've preached at you long enough. How many received something from the preacher today? Amen. How many received what God was saying? Amen. I hope you did. Because I was just an instrument. Altar workers, would you come, please? Let's go. Right now, if you're here today and you would say, I'm bleeding. Uh, I don't have a voice. It's been taken by demons. I feel like too many things have died in my life that all I know how to do is celebrate a funeral instead of pray for life. And I'm blind and I can't see. If you are here today and you're in any one of those spiritual conditions, would you come forward right now and receive prayer? Nobody's judging you. Nobody's judging your marriage. Nobody's judging your children. But I want the bleeding to stop in Jesus' name. You might say, well, I've been hurt by other churches before. We'll, we'll pray for you to get over that in Jesus' name. Well, I don't know if I can trust this church. I've trusted other people. Well, we'll pray for you to get over that in Jesus' name. Pastor, I've been hurt. Okay, we'll pray for that. Because he wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be spiritually whole. I was standing in my office today having no idea what I was going to preach this morning. No idea. And this message started to burn like fire in me. I was about ready to interrupt the worship at the very beginning of the service, but I had to be patient for the announcements. We're not here to condemn you. I'm trying to give you a word that will save you from more trouble ahead. God's wanting to speak to you. You need to get off the broken train, uh, or rather the, the broken record of defeat over and over and over again. Defeat, defeat, defeat. You need to take a stand against the devil today because in the next few moments we're going to pray to God to use us for the harvest. A few moments. Thank you for those who trust us enough to let us pray for you. We love you. We don't want you bleeding anymore. We don't want you blind anymore. Deception is only deceiving to those who are deceivable. We want you to see with eyes wide open what's going on in this culture today. Those of you who say, I've faced too much death, God will give you life right now. 
Stop living at the funeral. There's work to be done. There's a harvest to be had. A few more moments praying for those today. Praying for those today that come to a God that still heals, a God that still sets free, a God that still answers prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we receive your healing. You've called us to be a special group, a special group, a special group. We have a calling on this ministry, a calling by the Holy Spirit to be voices in the wilderness, voices in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. But we've got to be whole, people. We've got to be whole. We can't be the bleeding woman all our lives. We can't be the blind anymore. Few moments, few moments, few moments, and then I'm going to call up all those here today who want to say, send me, God, I'll go. And for some of you, that may just start right now. Start as you leave this service. Go knock on some doors around the neighborhood. Go to the corners here and stand at the bus stop. Start preaching the word. There's people to reach out to. Few more moments, and we're going to call you up. few moments, a few moments. We're still praying for healing. We believe in both. Don't think we don't care about your emotional life, your spiritual health. We do. We do. But we don't want to leave you that way. We don't want you to stay that way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there is healing. There is healing. There is restoration. There is deliverance. Now those who are praying, keep praying. But I want everybody to hear me if you can. Those who are praying, please feel free to pray. But Brian, would you go and grab my daughter if she's here, Bethany. If Bethany's back there, would you grab her for me, please? Those who are praying, feel free to keep praying. But before we do this call up here for everybody, I want you guys to hear this. Because you might think it's easy for me as a preacher to put my family on the line. It is not. I am now tested in my faith in unique ways as a father that I was never tested as a single man or as a new father. There she is. Can you guys give it up for Bethany as she comes? Everybody see her right here? You know who was doing the camera work when we were on the streets? It was her. And I was wondering when would be the right time to bring my children out with me to do evangelism. They've been doing around the neighborhood and in front of the church. But I was wondering, when should I bring her out to the big show, as it were? And God told me it was time. Now, who's time? She's 10 years old. She just turned 10 in December. And I started arguing with the Lord. I argued with Jesus. I did. I'm being honest with you. I argued with him. But one day on a Sunday, when we were singing that song, our yes, we say yes to you, give us courage, the Lord said, bring her with you. And then I said my last argument back to God. This is what I said back to God. I said, God, but all she knows is that people respect you and love you. She will now hear them blaspheme you. And I never want her to hear that. Her, your name be blasphemed. Lord, they're going to mock you now in front of her, and I don't want her to hear you being mocked. And you know what the Lord told me? The Lord said, let her see how I still love those who mock me and curse me and say evil about me. Let her see the love 
the compassion like sheep without a shepherd. And so then I came home, and you can talk to my wife. You think it would be easy, like, hey, you're going, you know, blah, blah, blah. I came home, and I'm like, Nancy, I think, I think this is what we got to do. We got to talk to Bethany. And I'm starting to see God raise up a young woman of God to be a leader because she's out there listening to her daddy preach. She hears what the unbeliever says, but she sees the love of God. The question that I want to ask you today as a church is who's willing to join me to meet Jesus on the streets with my daughter? Would you come forward right now? The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Who will come to these altars and say, God, use me? Come on, just say it as you come. God, use me. I may not have the words to say, the rest of you, you are dismissed. God bless you. Find a good church with the other check marks. We love you. We love you. You can come back anytime. But all those who want to now do the work of the ministry, would you come forward towards these altars and just raise up your hands and say, Use me, Jesus. Use me, Lord. Amen. You can step down, Bethany. Thank you. Use me, Jesus. I'll come in agreement with you. But I can't make you do this, saints. But I could come in agreement with you. Jared, would you get the oil with a few other leaders and start anointing them today? The rest of you, we, we bless you to find another church. We are only here to raise up laborers. We cannot do a church another way. So all those who are here today, we bless you. We bless you. We encourage you. We love you. But now's the time. Now's the time. Start calling out for the harvest. Start calling out for your community. We go to the blue line. Where are you going? What life group are you going to start witnessing before at? Where are you going to go? Come on, call it out. This is not a library. Call it out right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the way you all pray, it looks like I might be off a month. The way they pray, it looks like I might be taking a month sabbatical, huh? They need to pray, don't they? Because this ain't about me hyping you right now. I'm not here to hype you up. I'm not here to hype you up, saints. I'm asking you who's praying for their community. Who's praying for their community? In the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Start anointing them all with oil. Get some prayer workers. Everybody's getting anointed with oil today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, come on. Lift up your voices. Lift up your voices. Lift up your voices. Pray for the harvest. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord.